this song is not surprisingly in our... And we'll see how my voice does with it. But I think God will bless us this morning. Well, Michael, can you do me a huge favor? Can you pull up How Great Thou Art? For some reason, my, this one's not downloaded. I thought it was. Because this, this one is in our system.
God is great this morning. Amen? Praise the Lord. And all the time, God is great. <laughs> Amen. If you will, turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians, one of those little letters of Paul there. And, um, you know, we're still talking about sin in, in, in this uh, series that we're doing. And, and the question today has to do with um, what does God expect us? What, what is the goal of living the Christian life? What, what is the goal of, of getting rid of, of, of these sins of that, that we're caught up in? You know, we, we talked about how um, sin has two, two aspects to it. First, our sins, acts that we committed, and God defines what, that sin, what those sins are for us in both the Ten Commandments and the Sermon on the Mount. There's also a source of sin within, this inward corruption that we inherited from Adam and Eve. And, that, that, and it's the source from which all other sins flows. Jesus said it's not what goes into a man, but what comes out of his heart that defiles a man. Well, what comes out of his mouth that defiles a man. And that's very true. Our, the source of sin is within. The cross of Jesus Christ is meant to do, take care of both. The, the forgiveness of our sins... The purification of the heart within. And this is what Paul talks about here in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, beginning at verse 3. It says this, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is an avenger on all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit... To you, Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We live in a world of instant gratification. We have forgotten that so much of um, what we have and who we are today comes from hard work. Either the hard works of those who came before us, or, or, or our current hard work. Um, but but so, much, so many of our, our young generation coming up, and I would say even my generation, expected you know, that this idea started with uh, the assembly lines in the industrial age, and then they applied the, the assembly line to uh, McDonald's and those kinds of things, and now we've got microwaves that, that can zap our food, and we, we get it just like that. And, um, and, 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 we, and we kind of expect things to happen um, in that way in our lives, but we, we, re, we have to realize that, that uh, how we get to where we are today as adults takes hard work, and the younger generation needs to understand that. It takes hard work to get the house. It takes hard work to get the, um, the, the business going or, or the career going. And, and, but so much of it we want just, just instantly. And, and, and it's sad uh, that we've come to that. And it's the same way when, when a person wants to change their life. That we, we have to understand that change does not come quickly. Uh, so many people, you know, when, when they try to lose weight and change their lives, which I, 
I'm working on losing weight still. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to change their lives. It takes work. It, it, it's not something that happens overnight. And so many people want, want the instant um, change. That they, they, they take the pills or they take the shots or they, they have surgery. And um, all those things carry risk to them. And there's nothing wrong with them, I don't guess, in and of themselves. But, but we've had to realize that, that if we want lasting change, it comes, you know, with, with hard work and, and perseverance. And, and, and we must persevere in the same way. Now, not, not in the sense that, that works save us. But as we, after we have received Christ as Savior, we have a Christian life that we have to live. And, and, and there, there's a process to, to it. And, and the process has to do with getting rid of sin in our lives in order to see the living God. But so many believers today, I think, want the instant gratification. They, they, they want the, this idea that, okay, my sin's forgiven. Now I've got my ticket to heaven and I'm on my way. And, and, and it, it, heaven becomes the goal of salvation. But Paul says, wait a minute. <laughs> there, there, there's something that needs to be happening in the Christian life before you get to that place um, where, where you um, um, are in God with heaven. And it takes, it takes a process. It takes surrender. It takes turning our hearts towards God. And so when he talks about the term sanctified here, if, if, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you have received Him into your heart, God has forgiven you, God has cleansed, cleansed you of all your past and present sins, and, and it's available for future sins as well. But God has taken care of that through the Son, Jesus Christ, and He has given you um, a, a cleansing so that God's Spirit can come in and live in your life. Now, that does not mean, though, that all the effects of sin on my life are gone. It does not necessarily mean that that source of sin is suddenly um, taken care of. It does not mean that, that there's not a whole lifetime of, of, of experiences, a whole lifetime of things um, that we've been caught up in that, that, that need to be brought under God's um, will. To be sanctified, first and foremost, means to be set apart for God and His purposes. To be set apart for God and His purposes. Now, that, some people might sound a little bit selfish of God, but when you take into account that God is the creator of the universe, and He is the reason behind reality, and all of history is moving towards Him, and every being that's ever um, been created is, is His because He created them, you begin to understand God's position here a little bit. Um, God made us for, not just for Himself. Some people in our, in our Christian circles, they, they, they talk a lot about glorifying God. That, that the main purpose of, 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 a, of our creation is to glorify God. That's part, only part of the, of, of, the, of the whole thing. God wants a relationship with each and every person that He's made. And He's inviting us into a relationship. God Himself, as I was saying this morning, and as we sang when Holy, 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 He, he Himself is, is a relationship. He exists as a relationship. Three divine persons, one divine es essence, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, God is inviting us into that relationship. We said a few weeks ago that, that, that a broken law is, is not necessarily the 100% problem. The problem is God's broken heart. 
because God made us out of His love and He wants us to return that love to Him. And God was willing to risk that out of His love um, by giving us a free will to choose Him or not to choose Him. And humanity rejected God a long time ago in the garden. And as I said, it broke God's heart. Now God's laws, I'm not diminishing God's law because... It's like I said, if, 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 if we're being invited into a family, if we're being adopted into a family of God, any person that, that's, that, that's part of a family, they know that there's house rules that mom and dad set that we have to abide by. And it's part of the way that we know that we're part of a family is because um, the family has house rules. Well, God has His house rules too. But also at the same time, God does not impose in any rules that, that, than what He is in Himself. God Himself is not a liar. God Himself is not unfaithful. God Himself is not a vindictive murderer. And some people will, will think, okay, well, God talks about His vengeance. In fact, Paul talks about God as an avenger here. But that's talking about God's justice. It's talking about measured justice. I, you know, in our society today, we, we don't call judges avengers. Necessarily, we, we, we don't call our, our, our judges um, wrathful people out for, out, out, out for revenge on people. Now, sometimes that happens, but that's not what a judge is supposed to be. A judge is supposed to be discerning of the law. God has His law, and He's going to discern His law, and He is going to punish people who, who flagrantly go against it. But God is, is a God of love, and He welcomes us into this relationship. And, and, and when we accept Him as, as a believer in Jesus Christ, God, God sanctifies us, but also gives us, also begins a work of sanctifying us, which is a process that happens over time. It's not something that happens in an instant. And, 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 and whatever God um, sanctifies in terms of setting apart for His purposes, He also expects them, or, or, may, or he, he also um, purifies them in the sense of a moral purity as well. That's the other part of sanctification. Sanctification doesn't just mean belonging to God. It also means that we take on the character and nature of God. And that takes transformation. That takes change. And it takes time for that to happen. Holiness, one commentator said, um, that I looked at, I believe it was Craig Keener who said this. Uh, Craig Keener was a professor of Asbury University, and he had his own testimony about some of the things that were going on in that, um, in, in, in that revival. But Craig Keener also um, uh, wrote, wrote a background commentary years ago that I, I really like and enjoy. But he said that holiness is both the, um, the path that we're on <laughs> right now and also the goal. It's both ends. Some people look at holiness as only the goal. There are some groups, like, like um, our, our Reformed brothers and sisters, um, you know, the, the, the ones that, that are um, Calvinistic in, in their teaching, um, and, and uh, Calvin and Luther both talked about it this way, that, that um, we will never be fully sanctified until we die. Okay? The Catholics teach 
that um, we, we will never be sanctified in, in our lives fully until we go through purgatory after death. And, and then in purgatory, once our sins have been purified, we move on. Wesley was one of the few teachers in, in, in the modern era who said, sanctification can happen in this life. It's both the path that we're on and the goal for us. In other words, he, sees, he believed that the Bible taught that holiness is required now before we die. We, we, we don't exist in, in a state where, where we're just insulated from sin, insulated from the things of this world. Plus, plus we, we've got so many things, that the effects of sin are, are there so much that we don't even think about it, how it, how it affects our personality. Sometimes we say things that we don't really mean, and, and, and we hurt someone or offend someone. Sometimes we do things that we don't really want to do or mean to do, but, but we do it in, in a reflexive way because that, that's, that, that's how we used to do it in the old person. And, 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 we, and we, we didn't really mean to do it, but, but we did it anyway. That those kinds of things have to be worked out. There's a process of it. And so we need that. And Paul says that God has sanctified you, you know, and since, you know, uh, he says that we have, you have been sanctified, your sanctification is still God's will, and he talks particularly about one area, about sexual immorality, but, but, but in general, the whole idea here is that God wants you to be holy in your moral purity as he is. We've got to work to put off sin in our lives. And, he, and Paul says, you must possess your own vessel in this way. Um, th that, that's the literal translation of what Paul says when he talks about um, controlling your passions. He says, you've got to possess your own vessel. Possess yourself. Get control of yourself. Especially in this area of sexual immorality. But, but the, whole, the whole idea is that, verse 7, For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. And holiness is that same idea of sanctified. It's, it's, the word sanctified is really the, um, the Latin version of, of the word. And, and holiness is really more of the, um, the, the Greek version of the word. It, that, 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 those are the different roots there. But, but sanctified um, you know, and, 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 you know, it means that we've been made holy. Sanctified is the same, t same term as holified. I mean, that's basically what it's saying there. That they're, they're both the same idea here. But God wants us to live in such a way that, th that we don't want or desire sin anymore. Now, Wesley ne never preached what he called a sinless perfection. There, there, there is no such thing. But, but the problem, as, as we said before, in the source of sin... Is, is our intentions and our motivations. We might still make mistakes and mess up. We, we might still say something rude to someone not really meaning to and, and, and it hurt them. Or, or, or we, we might do something that, that, that is against God's law and not really know it because of lack of knowledge. There are such things as that. But what he's talking about here is all of our intentions, all of our thoughts, all of our heart, is, is working, is, is, is in this position where I don't want to offend God anymore. I don't want to hurt God anymore. I want all my motivations to be in Him. 
to be according to his will and his way. All of me for all of thee, Lord. It's not talking about insulation, but it's talking about um, living in such a way where we care about God, we care about others. In fact, Jesus said that love is the fulfillment of the law. And I think that's what the heart of sanctification is. And here Paul, again, is specifically talking about sexual immorality, in particular committing adultery with another man's wife. He says you should not transgress someone else in this manner by going after his wife. He's saying that, that as a believer, your motivations have changed, your, hearts have, your heart has changed, and you've got to learn to possess your own vessel, control yourself, and live in holiness. Wesley called it entire sanctification, but what he meant was that our whole selves is sold out to God, not that we have entirely driven sin from our lives, because he never preached a sinless perfection, but entire sanctification is this idea that I have given myself fully over to God and allowing Him to deal with that source of sin within so that my motivation is only in love. That's what God wants to change in our hearts and lives. That, that's the goal of the Christian walk. And, and that is the walk that we're walking in right now. God wants us to live in such a way that our only motivation is love for God and love for other people. Can we still make mistakes? Of course we can. But as a person walks in that holiness and, and, and walks in that motivation of love, the more those things are going to be undone and, and, and the more change um, is, is going, to, uh, going to occur. Because we live in a sinful, fallen world, um, sin is always going to be there. Temptations are always going to be lurking at the door. And it's not until we die that we um, are totally free from those things. But in this time and in this life, God can work in our hearts so much if we allow Him to work. God can work so much in our hearts that all we want to do is, is love God and love other people. That, that's supposed to happen in this life. Some people call it the second blessing of Christianity. I, I would say that, that it is the blessing of Christianity. Because um, John Wesley talked about, okay, you know, first of all, you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. You're made right with Him. You're forgiven of your sins. The Holy Spirit comes in and, and cleanses the believer, purifies him, and sets up residence with, with, the, with the believer. But there comes a time after that when we realize that that source of sin within me has caused all sorts of effects and it still causes me to bump up against God and other people. I need um, to surrender to God and allow Him to do that work. It, it, it is a step beyond our initial faith. But, but when we do that, we have faith in God, we surrender our will to Him, God can help us to grow in ways that we've never had before. There has to be an initial surrender of our will, even beyond our salvation, to say, God, all of me for all of thee. Come in and sweep my heart and life out. And when he does, God can just, you know, get rid of that source of sin, that, that motivation, that, that inclination towards sin, and then 
as a process, begin working out those things within us that maybe we didn't realize we were doing before, that maybe we didn't realize we were hurting someone with our words, or, or doing things that, that, that hurt God and others. Entire sanctification is not the end of what God wants to do, it's, it's the beginning. That, that's what Wesley was saying when he talked about that, that, that term. And so, this is what Paul is telling us here. We, we, we're sanctified, we're set apart from God, we're not made for impurity, but for holiness. And God can do that if we surrender to Him. And it's the Holy Spirit that does this work in us. He talks about that here. Verse, six, verse 8, excuse me. Therefore, whoever disregards God in this, disregards not man, but God, who gives His Holy Spirit to you. The Holy Spirit is the agent of change in us. The Holy Spirit was given to us in our salvation. The Holy Spirit still, still works within our hearts and lives. The Holy Spirit awakens our conscience to that source of sin within. The Holy Spirit can um, sanctify us fully if we allow Him to do the work. We've got to surrender our will first, but the Holy Spirit can, can do that and then put us on a path where we, we are going into exponential growth in our life in Jesus Christ. And, and, and we continue to surrender our hearts and lives to Him and ask Him to reveal to me, Lord, those things that, that are wrong. I don't want to do anything to offend anybody else. I don't want to do anything to offend you anymore, Lord. I want to love you with all my heart. I want to love other people with all my heart. Help me to live in a way of love and of holiness. Help me to have that self-control you were talking about here. Help me to um, stay away from sin. Because I don't want it, Lord. It's a change in the motivations of our hearts. It's a change within that, that only God can do, and we have to allow Him to do it. <clears throat> so what does this sanctified like, life look like? The, the, this life where we live in self-control. Uh, and this life that we live in, in, in uh, not in impurity of sin, but in holiness. Well, some people would, would say that um, a lot of people who um, experience th this kind of holiness are holier than now. They've got, they walk around with their noses in the air and pretend like they're better than everybody else. Um, that is not holiness. That is self-righteousness. We have to be careful of that. And the way, the way that you can tell somebody is, is truly sanctified, first and foremost, is in their humility. They don't go around bragging about um, what they do or say. They, they, they don't go seeking the pat on the back for things that they're, they're doing. They, do, they don't go around and stand, like uh, Jesus said, like the Pharisees did, stand on the street corners and announce their giving <laughs> to everyone. But what they do is they, they work in humility and quietness without any, any pride. You can see that on a person. You can also see a sanctified person um, who, who, who is a, a, a prayer warrior, somebody who loves to come and pray, somebody, somebody who loves to get together with other believers and pray, someone, someone who lo loves to, to pray in, in whatever setting they're in, someone who loves to pray at home. Simple, quiet prayer to God and asking Him to help them. And we also see in them the, the, the idea of what we call saintliness. 
Um, and I'm not talking about the kind of sainthood that, that, that you uh, hear declared in, in, the, in other churches and in other uh, branches of Christianity. I'm talking about somebody who is just a good-hearted person, who's good to others, who, um, who, who wants to uh, express their love to other people. Now, there's always, you know, the idea of, and these are all outward things, there's always this, this thing about the inward life. Some people um, hide that well. But if you know personally, and, and th th this is the, the, the internal work that God does, that, that has to be done and then, then moves out. If you want to understand what sanctification is in your life personally, I, I would say it has to do with a constant communication with God in your life, a constant intercommunication that you have with him and with his spirit, where, where, where you, know, you might whisper to yourself or, or in your mind, Lord, I love you and I want to serve you. Um, guide me in this way. This is what I call an inward kind of piety, a pietist life. You, you um, personally love to get with God. You love to get with his word. You, you, you love to pray. You love to hear from him in your personal life. And, uh, and you're even willing to receive the rebukes that He gives you for, for certain things and say, Lord, I'm convicted and I want to I change that about myself. A person who, who is truly sanctified is one who is fully surrendered to God and what He wants to do in your life. And, and, and people can begin to tell that. Jesus said, and He, and he meant it, a tree is known by its fruits. And in Galatians 5, 22 um, and 23, we talked about this um, uh, last week when we were talking about uh, drunkenness. Um, it talks about the works of the flesh, but it also talks about the fruit of a spirit in the person. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All, all, all those beautiful and good things we think about um, when we think about um, what a good person looks like. And, and, and that's rare these days. In fact, Jesus said, um, straight is the path and narrow is the way to eternal life. But we know that um, Paul here is saying that God has called us not for impurity, but for unholiness. And it takes, it takes effort. It takes some change in our life. It takes surrendering of our will and allowing God to work. It's not that we have to do it all ourselves and, and, and scramble to be good people according to God's law because we don't want to step a foot at, at, out of... Um, and that's another thing too. If, if, if you're living in servile fear of God, that's not sanctification. In fact, John says perfect love casts out fear. That's not what God is saying. We, we don't have to live in constant fear that God's going to squash us. God, God, God is in our corner cheering us. God, God, God and His angels are in the stands cheering us on to victory. He's not waiting for us to step a foot out of line so He can, he can zap us. <laughs> but we also know too, as, as uh, the writer of Hebrews says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Holiness is both the path that we are called on to be on now, and it's also the goal in the future. And we, 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 if, we, if we expect to be in heaven, if we expect that gratification that comes at the end, 
then we've got to take on holiness seriously now. We have to ask the Lord by faith, Lord, sanctify me through and through. By faith, Lord, I know that, that you want me to be holy. Help me to be holy. Help me to live a life that's pleasing to you. I surrender myself to you. Lord, all of me for all of thee. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. Help me, Lord, to do that. And God, by His Spirit, will rush in. He, he will give you a fresh anointing. He'll give you um, a, a fresh cleansing. And, and, and now the work can really begin in your life. But we have got to have that, that surrender to God and allow Him to do the work. If you want that in your life, then I invite you to come to this altar and ask Jesus for it. Let's stand.